0: I don't want to play this week. I just played in Germany and need some sleep. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no life. chaser on the bye. Bye-bye. What's up? My name is JC Shazay. I'm here with Lance Bass. We're talking to you live from the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Bye-week edition. Bye-bye-bye. We got a lot to talk about. Breaking down our remaining thoughts on the Dolphins. Uh, the bye week gives us a great chance to assess the midseason. But my friend, my partner, it's not really Lance Bass, it's Sterling Holmes. How are you, man? Dude, bye week.
2: Yeah. I'm good. Repping some independence today, some mugs up root beer. It's a great day. I'm here with you, Matt. If you, you look come good, in you sound that good. strong, that strong of an intro.
0: I told you I didn't have anything, and then I and then I pulled out a little a little timber lake
2: you lie lie lied i mean that was outstanding uh, thanks anytime I'm you start with I'm, here. Song,
0: I'm... I'm here for the people
2: i'm here for the people and we are here to give back to the people okay and that's what we do with at uh, with super draft dfs if you've not heard of super draft dfs listen in super draft hosts daily fantasy prop games where you can compete for a chance to win cash prizes the game is simple for each contest you're given a pool of props for upcoming games You pick whether each prop will be over or under the given total. You can choose up to eight different props for a bigger win. If you want to join in on the action, we've got you covered. Sign up with our promo code AERO today and receive a deposit match up to 20 bucks. You will also receive a free pick in your first game. Think of it like a free square in bingo or a free leg to a parlay. Using code AERO and signing up not only gets you these great rewards, but also lets you directly support our podcast. So make sure you use the promo code AERO when you sign up. Offers available to new customers who are 18 plus, 19 plus in Alabama, 21 plus in Massachusetts, and physically present in valid states. Please remember to always game responsibly. Check the, always. Episode, the episode the episode description for the full terms of the offer.
0: Folks, we appreciate you joining us on this episode, uh, as Shirley <laughs> so greatly said there. Um, yeah, look, A, before we get into it, we're at the midseason here just want to point out i th- I think we just eclipsed seventeen thousand subscribers on YouTube um we've just had great gains in all areas more than that like I've just so enjoyed this season like interacting with like readers or people on Twitter um like people here in the chat whatever just want to say here up front because normally we save this stuff for the end of the show like thanks guys and everyone but you know the bye week is just a great way to like for a second pause, like like Andy says, we're going to self-scout this week, right? And if we're self-scouting here, like I love working with Sterling and Richard and the rest of the team. And not only that, but we just love you guys too. So um, yeah, just always want to say thanks for ever hanging out with us. And if you're listening, if you want to press that like button, if you want to subscribe, if you haven't already, um, if you want to follow Sterling on Twitter, at HomestretchKC, et cetera, things like that. Uh, yeah, we just appreciate all that. So, um, anyway, I just wanted to get that out front because it just felt like it felt right and good and all, um, folks. On this show, we're going to get to a lot of things, but uh, it was time. It's time to hand out our annual Arrowhead Addict Midseason Awards. This will be the first annual, so we're making this an annual thing just by saying it. Right? The inaugural, Inaugur- inaugural, inaugural. Inaugure girl i don't know whatever it is here we are so look sterling and i we're going to reflect back on the on the uh on the season so far what we think hand out some awards that are obvious hand out some awards that are not so obvious breaking down the season so far as we see it as well as talking about the season coming up look every award show builds up to the big one but we're just going to start with the big one most valuable player now look normally on the chiefs you're like all right uh who's the most valuable player non-mahomes this year you may feel a little bit differently the numbers are a little bit down at the same time it also kind of leaves it gets weird with defense so when i was breaking this down i thought let's go mvp on offense and mvp on defense and then we won't have to like cross weird wires or whatever Sterling, how would you like to reveal your first award recipient of this esteemed broadcast? There's no red carpet, by the way. I, I, I went outside and it was like, it's just my cat. I, get, like, I don't know what was going on there, but there's no one was here. Anyway, who is your offensive MVP for this season so far?
2: My mind was kind of a blank space originally, and then I went, oh yeah, the guy who's played in eight games and has nearly 600 yards receiving. He's not falling off. He's still a stud, even when he's banged up Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the offensive MVP. He's been the only receiver sans Rasheed Rice to get open at all. Not only that, he's obviously very involved as a blocker. Travis Kelsey is, is the MVP for the offense so far without him. I can't even begin to imagine what this offense would look like. Honestly, Uh, you you know, we talk about what's life post Travis Kelsey, at least for this season. We hope that doesn't happen because he's been banged up, but even a banged up Travis Kelsey takes enough eyes on the opposing defense to at least allow one-on-one coverages to the outside, especially for Rasheed Rice, you know, Travis Kelsey, a zone beater. You try to go to man coverage against him as the chargers try to do. And he cooked them. I mean, again, I think it was the Broncos actually, but again, it doesn't matter. Travis Kelsey is still playing at a very high level on pace in eight games, six hundred yards. You take that over a um, full season, that's a twelve hundred yard performance right there. Uh, he is still as good as ever,
0: dude. He he's the model of consistency in a league where where any level of productivity is so hard. I I I want to agree with you, but I also give a shout out my offensive MVP. This is a little weird. But there was no other place to put him, actually, and and I'm a believer here. I'm going Harrison Butker. I'm going Harrison Butker as my offensive MVP because look, technicality. I mean, you gotta you gotta go with the offense you can get, and a lot of times all they can get is three. Let's be honest. When you're one of eight in the red zone versus the Broncos, uh, when you go what zero and five against the Jets, look, you're not scoring. You're not scoring tutties. You're not getting six. You're getting three. And you know who is always delivered every time they need three? Harrison Butker has, has as many field goals right now as he had all of last season. Like, if you want to know how the Chiefs offense has overall performed, that's it. So I have a hard time giving MVP on an offense that's sputtering like they have when there is a guy who's been bailing them out all year. Several times he's stepped up and like, hey, from 50-something yards, bam, he's automatic chip shots automatic we've questioned him in the past this year he hasn't missed anything 100% um he's not talked about enough he has he has given this team on a team that's redefined itself as a defense and field position sort like where that is way more important than it is uh Harrison Bucker is is a is a vital performer so yeah i'm sorry to everyone out there
2: I, I, I agree, but it's a technicality. Okay, that's special teams. But all, you're a
0: technicality.
2: All, whoa, dude! You're, whoa, dude! I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. I, got, I got a little carried away. I got no, But no, you're right, dude, man. That. He's been so consistent. It's the whole man. reason why I said don't give up on him when he goes to those extra point woes when he was injured last year and came back and struggled. Like he has been the second best kicker in the NFL for a long time. Well, and this year, he's been the best. He's been better than Justin Tucker. I'm not saying if you were to decide, you know, who would you take? You're probably still leaning Tucker. But the fact that it's even a conversation makes it incredible. Harrison Butker is back. He is healthy. He's right between the ears. Um, dude, you were totally right. I mean, Butker, and he's not just sneaking these in. I mean, these are drill yep. and they're through the middle. It's like a, in golf, if you're, if you're a um, – uh, you, you know, you you're bust the driver out, it's a, it's a tight tee shot, and you're like, wow, I just saw one dude shank it left, one dude shake it right, and Bucker goes, all right, boys, get on my back, I will carry you. And that's what the <laughs> offense has done. They've been shanking it left and right. This is a scramble, and Bucker's like, all right, fellas. They're like, don't you want to take an iron? He goes, no, 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 give me the driver. And just pipes <laughs> it 330 straight. That's what Harrison Bucker's been. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it
0: What about your defensive MVP for the year? Who would that be?
2: Wow. Uh, That's a good question. Um, I'm going Trent McDuffie. Uh, Trent McDuffie, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, was the best cornerback, not just on the Chiefs, best cornerback on the field last night, right? He's been better than Jalen Ramsey, better than Xavier Howard, which is very tough to say because they're both very good. I mean, you're putting him in the conversation now with Sauce Gardner. Yeah. I mean, it's like Sauce Gardner and him. Yeah. It's been incredible, man. And he's not going to get the recognition probably he deserves because because he doesn't get a lot of interceptions, right? That's not his game. And quite frankly, it hasn't been the Chiefs game outside of Marcus Peters. It must be a philosophy thing. I I personally believe that, that they're saying, hey, you knock it down. You get tight on these guys. We don't want to give them the big play. And so he doesn't. How often do you see him get burnt? I know give gave that touchdown. It may have been P.I., let's be real. Got a little, little nice push in the back on that one. But again, one play, two plays out of the year that stand out. McDuffie has been nails. He's a great tackler, as I mentioned before, as a joke. Call him Trent McStuffy. He has forced four fumbles. <laughs> yeah, four have, yeah. as a yeah. cornerback. Yeah. The whole knock was, he's a little undersized, not a big cornerback. Doesn't matter. Dude is physical as hell. He can blitz. He does it all. Trim McDuffie, in my opinion, is a top five corner, easy in the NFL. He's number one on this team. He's number one in my heart. He's the number one MVP for the defensive uh, side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. I love McDuffie. I love McDuffie. I loved the pick coming out last year. He he's so instinctive. Like it, it's the here's what I love about McDuffie. Not only is he good right now, right? Even as he declines, and let's say eight years, whatever it is that intelligence and those instincts will actually help him like age gracefully at the, like, you know, how Richard Sherman has aged really well at the position, Stefan Gilmore aged really well at the position, like those kind of guys who are so smart on the field, even as like they're less fluid, they automatically know where to be. He, he's just going to be that kind of a s- study, long-term study I I hope the Chiefs just re-up him once or even twice because he's going to be that good for a long time. That said, I had to go Chris Jones. I had to go Chris Jones up front, and I I, I know he's had some frustrating – I mean, we're coming right off of the game where he shoved a guy and everyone was like pulling out their collective hair about like, what the – are you doing? But, but, we saw him come down from the stands – He's sitting between the Cats brothers, right, in week one. Then he, like, comes down from the stands onto the field in week two, and we're like, is he going to be on a snap count? Is he going to be ready to play? Yeah, how how slovenly is he going to look? Is he like, going to wipe the Cheeto dust off his pants before he suits up? Like like, And then he steps right – the dude steps right in. And I thought every one of these incentives in his contract was laughable. He was like – Oh, I get half a million if I get defensive player of the year. And I'm like, uh Yeah, he my- win a
2: Super Bowl. <laughs> right, right,
0: right, right. And I, right right. And I'm like, oh yeah, my wife told me I get like 50 million dollars if I'm elected president. I mean, like, it just all sounds so stupid. Like, you're not getting any of that stuff. You just sign and you miss the first week, and then he comes in and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm getting defensive player of the year in one game less than everyone else, mother. So yeah, I love it, man. I mean, Chris Jones came in, stepped right back into where he was. Karl Loftus looks so good playing with him. Alvin jumps right in, looks I mean, that unit up front, I don't know what you have if you remove him as that primary engine. I like a lot of the other parts, but with Chris Jones, you know, they're what they're like second in sacks overall this year, right? Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, man, that dude is a beast and i just don't know how the off how the defense operates without it they're an elite unit man they're like one of the nfl's best and he's the best player on an
2: elite unit yeah it's been a very sturdy unit and he is the anchor and we've said unit a lot and i think we need to take a quick pause from saying unit cuz i said sturdy unit and i'm not a fan oh yeah folks folks hey folks <laughs> no, but man, you're right, dude. I mean, Chris yeah. Jones, even with some of the numbers or lack thereof being put up in the past couple of weeks, It's because he's getting double teamed. And what he does is take all the focus off of everyone else. It allows Mike Dana, who has five and a half sacks, to step up. It allows George Karloftis, who has six sacks, to step up, right? He's the focal point. It allows one-on-ones for everyone else so they can get theirs. He is that much of a game wrecker, a game changer. I'm with you there. I'm still going McDuffie, but I'm not going to knock you for that pick.
0: Sure, sure. Let's go Rookie of the Year. It's not that there's like a lot of competition here. Let's be honest. This rookie class isn't exactly earning tons of playing time. At the same time, who you got?
2: Hmm. It's a tough one, man. Um, BJ Thompson. It's got to be BJ Thompson. Got to Ke- be Keandre Coburn. <laughs> um, <laughs> huh. Tough.
0: I got to go with Shamari Connor, man. He is tearing it up. Yeah. It c- up.
2: C- come on. It's Rasheed Rice. We all know it's Rasheed Rice. He's been very, very good on pace for nearly 725 yards this season. Again, it's not Garrett Wilson. It's not Chris Olave, what they did in their first season, but again, he was not drafted that high either. Uh, Rasheed Rice has been a revelation for the Kansas City Chiefs. Without him, this wide receiver group would be even worse. He's been great in the slot. He's really solid against zone coverage already, which is very impressive. Um, I want to see him a little bit more on the outside. You know, that was kind of what he was touted as. Uh, I think it was Adam Best, if I'm not mistaken, said he was going to be that uh, power slot, right? And he has been, right? He's been really good in the slot, but the Chiefs have a lot of slot receivers. It's different when you're in the slot. You're going up against, you know, secondary corners. You're going up against linebackers at times. You're going up against safeties. You should have the advantage. Well, with Sky Moore struggling, maybe put him in the slot. Try and get him right. That means move Rasheed Rice to the outside where I think he can play. The physical uh, tools he possesses are there. I hope we see that as the season goes on. But Rasheed Rice is definitely the rookie of the year for the Chiefs so far.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's really no contest, right? Felix isn't playing at all. Wanye is not playing at at all. We talked, you know, Shamari Connor, Nick Jones. um, They dumped Coburn and then BJ Thompson has been a healthy scratch all year. So um, yeah. What's funny is a year ago we were talking like you had several contenders for rookie of the year. I mean, you had several players who were playing all over the place from that draft class. And then all those guys have so many positions on lockdown you're looking at this draft class and like if you guys want to go wait in the hallway for a year, you can do that. And we'll like we'll call you in one at a time when we need you. Like it's it's kind of amazing how the Chiefs went from super thin to super deep in one draft class.
2: Yeah. Uh I do want to talk about FAU very briefly here. I, I've seen some folks on Twitter who are like, oh, he's a bust. He can't get onto the field. And I'm sitting here going, Can you can you pump the brakes? This Chiefs yeah. defense is second in the NFL. Second in the NFL in points per game against. They have Mike Dana, the big defensive signing of Charles Minahu free agent signing. Chris Jones, who moves to the outside a lot on obvious third downs. Oh, yeah, and George Karloftis. Who would you like him to take snaps away from? Right. because Karloftis plays about 80%. Mike Dana was playing about 80% before and very effectively before Charles Minahu got got activated. He plays inside, outside, and you know he's gonna be in the field a ton. And Chris Jones is gonna play on the field a ton, both inside and outside. So where would you like FAU to play? Okay, it's not that he's not going to be good. It's not like he might not even be decent right now. The fact is, who is he taking snaps away from? This is a very good thing to have the like it's a good problem for the Chiefs. They have too much talent. They have too much talent right now on the defense and specifically the the defensive line and at edge. If you're mad about that, Go kick rocks. Go pound sand somewhere else. Like, (laughs) like, be mad about something else because this is actually a good thing for the Chiefs. Because what Carl Loftus did last year, that's the outlier. That was a necessity. That was not something that the Chiefs wanted to have happen. But They go, oh, bleep, we have to have a rookie play almost the entire, uh, what, 80 90% of snaps because we have no one else to play. This year, completely different. FAU is going to be fine. So if you're complaining about him not seeing the field, I don't want to hear it.
0: Yeah, I, I think that about every rookie. I, I, you know, some people were criticizing Wanie Morris for not being able to lock, you know, like, oh, we had to sign Donovan Smith because, you know, like, it's like, man, give these guys a break. I, yeah. Anyway, we're we're together. I get it. Uh, let's move on to the next award here, Sterling. I, I want to know what you think. I want to want to talk about a breakout player of the year. Who would be your? player that's taken like it doesn't you know not a rookie here but a player who's taken that next leap that you're like oh hell he's entering the zone and it's made all the difference
2: yeah i think i wanted to go Carl Loftus, but potentially uh someone else on this podcast who does this show might have that already i don't know it could be Richard? could not be it's probably Richard if I was guessing. Did Richard, Richard pick George Karloftis? Yeah, he's a big Karloftis guy. Um, he is weird. Like Richard doesn't care that much about football, but he loves Karloftis. He sends us messages. Uh, he, he sends us his his water polo stats all the time. It's wild. Um, weird I, man. I think McDuffie was a good choice, but McDuffie was really good last year, so that wasn't a huge surprise to me. Uh, yeah. As far as breakout goes, is Willie Gay Jr. Willie Gay Jr. I I, kind of thought that he was going to be the odd man out this year. I was thinking, yeah, man, we haven't seen it. I don't know if this is the year we are going to see it with the emergence or the signing, I should say, of Drew Tranquil. Uh, You've seen Nick Bolton improve in pass coverage, right? And then Leo Chenal is still here as well. I thought Willie Gay Jr. might be the odd man out. Well, then Nick Bolton goes down. And Willie Gay Jr. has been electric. I mean, he's been so good, so fast. And he's reading the defenses better, right? Like he's understanding where to go. This is a guy who's been injured a ton in his career, not just in the NFL, but in college as well. He's getting his his um, NFL acumen, his football acumen underneath mm-hmm. him. He's learning. He has the athleticism and he's so good in all facets. So for me, Willie Gay Jr. has been a pretty big breakout.
0: Man, I love that you said that because he was always a guy that you were like, no matter who else was at the position, you'd say, but Willie Gay has the most natural giftedness and talent, like the most potential or the be- the most athletic if he puts it all together. And then here comes the contract year and you got to go
2: undefeated. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> like I, I think for me, that's a little bit of a hesitation. I mean, I mean, I love the year he's having. Man, the dude even played through a lower back or tailbone injury on, some, like, he's been playing through that and looks sensational. Sensational. He's definitely earning a lot of money for himself, I would think. And I hope, I hope for his sake, he makes as much cash flow as he can this offseason. I don't think it'll be from the Chiefs because of maybe some overall depth there and maybe what he'll cost. If he's remotely, um, uh, what do you call it? If something is
2: is like cost controlled, uh, yeah,
0: if, uh, affordable. If he's affordable,
2: we don't want to say cheap. Okay, we're, we're, yeah, like, yeah. we're every other word besides that.
0: If he is affordable, gosh, please bring him back. Like it's wonderful to have all these guys there, and and uh, and they're all still young enough to to be okay. But um, but yeah, I think the injury concerns plus the contract year may scare me a little bit at a certain figure. But that guy, you're totally right. I I love what he's done this whole year. Um I'm going to go I got to say Karloftis. Loftus. Look, you, I mean, you know, it was me, it was me, guys. I said Karloftis. Hi, Look, man. it's
2: me. I'm the problem. It's me.
0: <laughs> man, what I mean, what can you say about the Greek freak that we haven't already said? I mean, he's 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 the he's the defensive end we've been wanting to have for a long time. Homegrown first round pick just a year and a half in he's clearly added much more to his arsenal than just this like power like bull rush right he's like he's got he's got very impressive technique he's using his hands well he's added a couple moves like a couple counter moves when the power rush isn't working he's shown more finesse than i thought um i i just love everything about his development I don't know if that's working out with Tomba. I don't know if that's working with Joe Cullen. I don't know if that's just because he was only 21 to begin with, and he's got a ton of experience. But like, whatever it is, he's yeah, he's going to be a player for a long time. And dude, when it's time when it's time for him to get an extension, the dude's going to be like 24, 25. Like that's what's just bananas about the whole thing is is that he's going to be ripe for an extension. like, you know, when he's, when he's barely what drinking or whatever it is.
2: Anyway. So yeah, love it. Love it. Well, and I will also say in regards to Karloftis, I was so kidding.
0: Hey, if you're with us, I think Sterling just froze, which either is a grand prank on our part. If he's, if he unfreezes and he was playing a prank on all this, then I'm not sure what's up. I think what he was going to say was something good about George Karloftis I think our producer Richard is going to get with us. Uh, let's go to a couple of the... Um, by the way, we should all comment on the way Sterling looks. You should like send him some comments on the way he looks frozen that way. It was kind of a, a funny face. He was making...
2: I'm so irritated. This happened today during Stack in the Box. Makes no sense. I got full connection, full bar. Wi-Fi is great. No issues at all. Updated everything. Updated my computer. Restarted this bad boy. Uh, Updated Google Chrome. Then all of a sudden, I'm sitting here trying to have a nice conversation with my guy, Matty C. And it goes, reconnecting, reconnecting. And then Um. I think, oh, I'm good. It's connected again. And so I give a whole long spiel about George and What do I know? No one heard it. No one heard it. You want to give it again? Yeah. Okay. So George Karloff was drafted when he was 21 years old. And everyone's like, yeah, he doesn't have a ton of upside. And I'm sitting here going, how does the guy who's one of the youngest defensive end coming into the NFL from Greece, played water polo growing up, has no upside, no room for movement. But somehow Boye Mafé, who's two years older, does. All the upside in the world. I'm sitting here going, this is absurd. This yeah. is asinine. Can we have some, like, am I taking crazy pills here? Give me the dude who's younger, who has this NFL body type already, and who's still learning the game. You're telling me that guy doesn't have upside? Yeah. yeah. Absurd. Yeah.
0: I remember I talked to I talked to Karloftis' positional coach when he was coming out of the draft, at, like from Purdue, and he told me, he said, Do you remember Karloftis' freshman season at Purdue when he set like like a Big Ten record or something? He just had like an ungodly amount of sacks for a freshman defensive end in the Big Ten play, right? Whatever it was, he had a ton. And then at that point, everyone knew he was on the NFL radar. Like he's going to be a big pick of some kind. And it all got to his head. So his positional coach was telling me, he's like, dude, he spent the next two years Trying to look like a pro lineman, like trying to like add things he wasn't good at doing or trying to like just chase sacks versus like, like round out his game more or like it was, it was, um, anyway, it all kind of got to his head. Right. And made him a different player. And then his stock kind of went down because his production went down. He wasn't like naturally growing. He was emphasizing some very weird things, getting some weird advice. I think the Chiefs totally lucked out on that. I think they got a guy who was a little bit lower stock-wise because he peaked too early, and then it got to him mentally, and then other people were like, well, maybe that was, you know. Yeah, so uh, kudos. I mean, kudos to the Chiefs for for great scouting there. Let's go to the next one. We talked about breakout players and what we like about um, Carl Loftus and whoever you chose. It wasn't a very good pick because it wasn't my pick. But what do you think about who's your bust? Who's your bust player of the year?
2: I hate doing this. I hate, hate doing it. There's a lot of guys you actually choose from. Um, I thought Kadarius Tony, but he's been a little banged up. Yes. I had higher expectations for Sky more than I did for Kadarius Tony, so I'm going Sky Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be a bust forever. I'm not saying that he'll never figure anything out, but man, I was very high on him. Uh, I saw what he did in college. Uh, I see all of the combine numbers and I see a comp that is very similar, eerily similar to Deontay uh, Johnson for the Steelers. Uh, Deontay Johnson for the Steelers is an incredible talent. His only issue is he drops the ball like 10% of the time. Right. I mean, it's, it's a serious issue, but he still puts up like 80 yards a game, 12 targets, eight receptions. Right. Um, I go, OK, look at the combine numbers. Look at the small school. Look at the size. Look at the speed, the stature. Look at like even like the 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 three cone drill. Like it's it's creepy how similar they were. And I go same player, but Sky Moore has bigger hands. He won't have mm-hmm. as many drops as Deontay. Like I think the Chiefs really got themselves a guy that can uh, get open against man in tight windows, whole get separation I was wrong I'm not I'm not saying he's been the the worst player on the Chiefs this year I think he sometimes gets a bad rep because you know he's never the first option on these plays he's playing on the outside when he was gonna be a slot like he's having the 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 deck stacked against him a little bit as well but man he has let me down because I was fully expecting 800 yards easy from Skymore
0: mm-hmm Boy, that's—I mean—that's a great pick. It's hard not to pick that because I think we're—I think you and I were both on the same page. I was a big believer in in Sky. I—I I thought, um, well, you said it. You already said it all. I'm going to go Justin Ross. Maybe this is too automatic of a pick, but you know, look, man, the hype, um, the amount of people who were just so excited that he made the the active roster, even if he w- didn't get arrested, even if he wasn't on something called the NFL commissioner's exemption list right now. Even if he were still on the active roster and sitting there for his one play a game to be a, uh, I guess it was more like two or three plays a game, whatever it is, you know. He, he just took over the Jody Fortson mantle of rarely used, quote, end zone targets. Um, and even then, it wasn't all that exciting. And then he goes out and, you know, has a moment that, that you know... Now he's got legal drama, and it sounds like sounds like there was some sort of assault and destruction of property or whatever's going on there. and you just think, okay, well, dude, you just ruined like the biggest opportunity you'll ever have and uh yeah, i I just don't see how that's a total bust, and it uh it's frustrating. it's frustrating because I think a lot of people were pretty excited about what he could be based on what he showed in college and then and he'd worked hard to get that spot so. Um. Yeah, that's that's what I think. I think it's uh, – I went Justin
2: Ross. Yeah, I see a lot of people saying Clyde, and I, I can't get there because I had no expectations for Clyde this year. I mean, realistically, I, this is a little bit what I thought he was going to be. I actually thought he was going to be a little – used a little bit more than this personally, just, just to try and save Isaiah Pacheco. But I, I didn't have high expectations for him, so I, I can't say it's a bust because he was a bust of a, of a, of a pick from the get-go. When he was drafted 32nd overall in the first round or 31st overall, I forget if there was that that was the year that the uh, was it the Patriots got caught or for Tampa Rain or something like that or the Bucks, whatever, whatever that was. Miami for Tom Brady. Um, doesn't matter. He should have been a first round draft pick. It was absurd at the time, it's absurd now. Um, I will forever sit here saying, Yeah, Sterling calm down, it's a sunk cost, but I'm still angry about it.
0: <laughs> he should. He should be. Um, well, hey, look, let's let's go next here. Um, what's your biggest surprise in a good way
2: of the season? Mm. I got two. Um, I'm gonna say Harrison Butker. It's not a huge surprise to me personally because I was always kind of backing him, saying he's gonna get it right. But this is more, I guess, of a of an "I told you so" because I feel good about Butker because I've just been. I just think we get too caught up in kickers and NFL teams do this all the time. Not not just fans, but but NFL teams. They'll cut guys when they go through struggles Then you'll see them get picked up on another team and they're absolute studs. Like, Bucker was a practice squad member of the Carolina Panthers. Young Wei Koo, for a long time, was getting bounced around the NFL and now he's one of the better kickers in the NFL for the Atlanta Falcons, right? He was a Charger. And the Chargers had their own kicking woes for, for years. They finally seemingly found a guy with Cameron Dicker, right? But but Butker's a guy you don't give up on, and this is why, okay? I know it's easy to say you got one job, make it. Yeah, well, if everyone had one job, then no kickers would ever miss a kick. Like, there's a reason why there's a select few that stay and play a long time in the NFL. Butker's one. Uh, But I'm going to go with the defense, man. I thought the defense was going to be top 10 by the end of the season. I said top 10. Dog, they're top three, and they might be two. It's the Ravens and them. I mean, the Chiefs have been electric at all Levels, the linebackers. Bolton goes down, doesn't matter. They find a way. Defensive line don't have Chris Jones for a game. They figure it out. Like like Charles and Minna, who's out for six games. They they weather the storm. I mean, this team is just so deep, so deep at every single level. So good. This defense to me is the biggest surprise by far. And shout out to Spagnolo. Spags needs all the credit for it. all the p- folks yeah. that ripped on him for years. Even when the Chiefs were doing good, whenever they were winning, it was still fire Spags. Absurd. Look who's laughing now. This again, he's a a what five time, five time to the Super Bowl coordinator. Only defensive coordinator yeah. to win a Super Bowl for two different teams. I mean, like Spags is this is his masterpiece right now.
0: Yeah. Is there a hall of fame case for a guy like that?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think legitimately there is, um, he's the only defensive coordinator to do that. Right. Uh, when it, when a super bowl as a DC for two different teams, um, you know, that giants defense obviously was one of the better ones. One of the best ones, probably in NFL history, right. Not the best, but one of the best ones. And then you see what he's doing here in Kansas city. I mean, he's perpetually had this team, um, playing really good and big time games. And those are the ones that you remember. You don't remember regular season weeks one through eight. You remember end of season in the playoffs. And he's been good in all of those.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little curveball here. My my uh, biggest good surprise of the season, the rest of the AFC West, uh I just can't believe look, we you know the Chiefs are gonna be the favorites in the division, right? That's like that they when you win seven straight and you have Patrick Mahomes. That's the way that goes. But look, man, I'm looking at this division, and I, I thought it was going to be peskier. I thought Sean Payton may mean more in Denver. I thought that the Chargers window was more open than it is. I thought maybe they'll put something together. Uh, the Raiders have a few very good players along with a lot of weaknesses, but I thought you know maybe there would be a spark there the fact that the chiefs were in control of this division so quickly, like that it was that the competition was a nothing burger that they look like, you remember when the Patriots were playing in the AFC East for years and you would point and go, uh, it's like the best team in the NFL. And then three kids that you said, put your head on top of a baseball bat, spin around in circles 10 times and then start running. Like, like that's how it was. It was you just ever like that
2: game though. Do you ever play dizzy bat?
0: I did. I'm horrible at it. No, you- but the one you,
2: have you done the one where you chop off, you get a, w- a wiffle ball bat, you chop off the end, you pour beer in it. You, uh, you chug, you, you chug the beer first. Then you, <laughs> then however many seconds it takes you to finish the beer, you have to do that many spins. So let's just say it takes you seven seconds to, to, to finish yeah. the beer. You got to do seven spins. Then, then you throw the can to the pitcher and then they throw it to you, and you have to try and hit it. It's a lot of fun. Drink responsibly, kids.
0: <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, maybe that's and not Sky kids. Moore.
2: Dr- drink responsibly, twenty-one and older people.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. Maybe that's what Sky Moore plays before. Maybe that's why we're not seeing anything there. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's why Richie James hasn't shown up because he's been playing that with you. I'm sorry, I said Richie James there. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. That's I. I just thought the West would be better. Not only did they roll over for the Chiefs in the first like six games of the year total, um, but dude, they're going nowhere. Like, I'm just, I'm looking at uh, earlier today, I'm looking at the West, uh, looking at a few things. The, you know, the Chargers have like $200 million committed to seven guys next year. Seven guys. And 19 of that is to J.C. Jackson, and it's all dead cap hit. It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) Dude, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Khalil Mack, and Joey Bosa—all four are on the books for an average of thirty-five million dollars next year.
2: And they're all like, young guys in the pinnacle of health too. They're all super young, pinnacle
0: of health, dude. You look at the Chiefs and people freak out like, "I don't know if they could pay that guy twenty million a year." And the Chargers are just like, "Wait, twenty million? We don't even worry about thirty million. We're almost up to forty million per." It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So they're going to tank. The Raiders are. The Raiders have interim leaders right now, and the Broncos just put all their chips in for thirty-five-year-old Russ, and to, and to lure Sean Payton. It, they're not going anywhere either, long term. This division belongs to the Chiefs for the next three or four years, and and they they captured it earlier than ever this year. I'm j- I'm just that's my biggest surprise of the year so far.
2: I mean, you look at the Broncos, and it's just like a guy who's been so down, beaten down, time and time again at the blackjack table. Like I don't know, forty-five hands ago, right? Maybe eight years, nine years ago, something <laughs> like that. They 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 won a ton, and they and they keep telling you how they're they're, they're the best, and they're going to get right, they're going to go on a heater, but it never happens. They keep uh, hitting on seventeen, and next thing you know, the the dealer uh, is winning with a uh, with a sixteen because they keep hitting and hitting and hitting. You're like, what What are you doing? Stop! Just just pump. The brakes. What, what are you doing, guy? <laughs> uh, but they keep doing it, and then they're like, "All right, well, let's give a huge contract to Russell Wilson. Let's win all this money back at once." Okay, we're going to put thousands of dollars on this one hand. You you lose the hand, and you go, "Okay, okay." So now I'm I'm in, I'm in the hole two times now. So what do I do? Well, let's try and double that. So let's let's get all the money we have. Let's give draft capital and money for Sean Payton a head coach. Let's do that and double down, and then you uh. You hit on 19. Hmm. That's the Broncos right now.
0: It is. It is crazy. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. They're
2: all going nowhere.
0: This division, yeah, it's – it's this level of dominance is amazing. Uh, Sterling, what's your what, – uh, last one here. What's your biggest surprise in a bad way for the Chiefs so far through nine games?
2: Yeah, not fun, but receivers and Mahomes, the lack of connection. Uh, Receivers, I think, are 1A, but Mahomes might be 1B. You know, I'm not trying to say that Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the NFL, right? Like if you're doing a draft, anything, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. But he's not played to his standard, which is crazy to think about. He's been very, very good. But his standard, you expect a little bit more. Um, few overthrows, a couple of just head scratching throws, Josh Allen esque throws. Yep. Um, you know, at at times you'll see a guy wide open and he just won't throw it, won't look his way, holding onto the ball too long instead of just winging it out of bounds. Um, you know, I, I, I would say it's a little disappointing. Um, but again, when you when you have such high expectations for a guy when he's shown you time and time and time again that he's just a freak of nature, you expect that every single time, every single year. And so far he's he's had his struggles, and I think it's only fair to point them out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think we have to be willing to critique the team and uh, you know know what is beyond that. and um, and you're totally right there. I, I'm, I'm going to focus in on the receivers just because I just want to say – I'll say this. It doesn't have to – we don't have to, like, beat the dead horse. But when you come into the season and you say, we're going to carry seven guys, seven guys, oh. you looked at that room, you looked at seven guys in that room and said, can't do without you or you or you or you, 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 and you. Seven times you looked at those guys and said – I got to have every one of you. And then you look to other positions. You're like, sorry, we got to let you go because I need all seven of these schmoes. That's basically what they did. Right. Then you come into the season and you're like, okay, I take Rashi rice. I trade you for a Dilly bar, a dairy queen. I love
2: Dilly bars, dude.
0: I know. Right. Anyway, look, Look, man, like, I mean, Justin Ross, maybe that's a legal thing and he would have got better. Sky Skymore, maybe it's like a lack of trust or coaching. Maybe there's like a coaching, weird coaching circle because there's so many guys in new places on that coaching staff, including Matt Nagy, Connor Embry, whatever. I mean, we all have our reasons, and there probably is many layers to this. But when you keep seven guys, I expect at least four of them to be worth their salt. And we've seen Justin Watson, by the way, who deserves a little a lot more credit than probably what we're saying here. We've seen Justin Watson and Rasheed Rice. And then other than that, it's been a lot of like weird ranging from weird to very disappointing. And that's really just that's really off-putting when when they kept so many and had to lose other players to make that work.
2: So Brett Veach has been great at every position, either early in the draft, middle of the draft, late at draft, at finding someone that can that can work, finding either superstars, studs, average players, good players, uh, useful players in every single position, every single round in the draft outside of wide receiver. Now some teams they have a knack for that. You look at the um, let's say the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? You know they perpetually find guys that have success. Yeah. Uh, hell, they traded Chase Claypool for a second round mm-hmm. draft pick. Like that is absurd. Right. But then you look at the chiefs and if you want a baseball comparison here, let's say, um, you know, let's, let's compare it to starting pitchers or pitchers in general, like the Tampa Bay Rays. Right. And the Cleveland guardians, they can identify talent. They can develop talent and they find ways for that talent to matter in their system. The chiefs are like the Royals when it comes to starting pitching. It might even be the consensus guy. It might be, yeah, that's a good pick, but then they go through the system and something is wrong. Whether was, they didn't identify the guy, it's a bad schematic fit for the player. They don't have the development for the player. It seems to be off. and it only seems to be with wide receiver, and I just don't understand. I, I mean, you can even want to throw like Cornell Powell, I get a fifth rounder, but again, he's hit on all these other fifth rounders and all these other positions, and he yes. can't at wide receiver. Rasheed Rice might be the only outlier, but again, we're talking about a guy who's going to go for 725 yards and not 1,000, right? Come on now. You, you know, Kadarius Tony. they traded for him. Was that an identify an identification issue, a developmental issue? He was big in the Super Bowl and then can't get onto the field this year. And there's been struggles year or game after game after game. Sky Moore. So I'm asking you, is this a developmental issue, an identifying talent issue? Um, where do you see the disconnect happening? I I, I don't know. And I, I wish I
0: knew. There was a part of me that, there's a part of me that thinks it's in the coaching. There's a part of me and and what makes that frustrating is that's the one part we'll never know. Like yeah. we will never be privy to what's happening inside Arrowhead. You know, but you know, Todd Pinkston is in his first year, former receiver, but he's coaching running backs. Connor Embry, who the hell is that? Coaching wide receivers for the first time. Matt Nagy coming back in. People were like, oh, we missed B But the problem is, remember, remember the problem with B is, and and then he would take all this criticism, and it was like you don't know how much praise or criticism to give anyone but Andy Reid on that whole offensive staff. You just don't. Now, if you look at the D line, you're like, Joe Cole hell of a job. He's directly responsible. We know it, right? Like, I mean, even with spags there, you could still like positionally look at the ways in which a whole unit is either developing or not. And the problem here on offense is like it's this weird, gelatinous. It's like a nebulous fog where you're like, I don't. It's a cauldron. I just throw in I of Newt and Ward of Toad and I stir it all together, and 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 that's the potion. And who knows what's responsible? Because I just threw it all in, and it's like, well, the stew isn't working. And so, for us outside of Arrowhead, it's impossible to know. Is it like, I think that Brett Veach is so good at finding cornerbacks because his cornerbacks coaches tell him, I need this, this and this. And if you give me a guy who can do all these things, I'll make him productive no matter who, no matter what his name is, right? Like, like that's what I think. And so, what I think is that wide receiver, they're going, maybe if I maybe if I give you five slot guys, one of them will work. I mean, we're not even getting the right, like,
2: we it's can't all even slots. get... It's all it's slots. All
0: <laughs> you can't even get like the right positions out there within the position, let alone, like, exactly what you need. I, I don't know. There's something is amiss there. I, but I I have a hard time putting on. Um, yeah, J- Jimmy
2: did a really good comment here. We know exactly as much about how the offensive side of the ball runs as Andy wants us to. Exactly. He... he totally. Yeah, that that's exactly correct. I mean, again we're always told it's Andy that calls all the plays, but I, even part of us is still like, yeah, but was part of the beginning of you is part of it. Matt Nagy. What, where's the disconnect? Like there's still that, that thought in the back of your mind of, even though Andy's saying that, how much of it is it true? How much of it is just a facade saying, all right, we'll take that. We'll take all the blame here. You know, if something goes wrong, that's on me. No one else. Yeah. Uh, you don't know. And again, the chiefs at times, I think you bring up a good point too. The rumor was, you know, George Pickens had a bad interview. And after that done, didn't want to deal with him. You know, you know, you, you're building a football team here, not a church choir. You, you know, don't get me wrong. George Pickens seems like a headache, but I don't think that uh, even after complaining about the, you know, the the past game with the Steelers, you, you take the talent, you put up with it. You don't have Tyree Kill anymore to put up with. You know, I get not wanting me first guys and you want the culture and this, that, and the other, but At some point, you have to have a wide receiver that steps up and is like, yeah, I want the ball. Throw me the rock. I'm that guy. Because the Chiefs have no one like that on this team. And they need an alpha in that room to step up. I'm not saying Pickens would solve all the issues or DK Metcalf. But at times, it seems like they cross off guys who have a little bit of me first mentality, especially at wide receiver, when it seems like, hey, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world here.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I'll I'll add this. I agree with you 100%. I'll add this to the conversation. I was just um I was just I was actually just on the phone with Matt Verterram, our our friend and and who's also a friend of the a- site here. Uh we were talking a few days ago and I I said, "Hey man, look, I gr- I grew up in Indiana, which meant that I loved the Chiefs from a distance, but I watched a lot of Peyton Manning, right? And Peyton Manning was like especially in Indianapolis, they had like Reggie Wayne or they had like Marvin Harrison, but then also they had a bunch of like no name dudes. And, and Manning was so smart, so good that it was like, he would make household names of the guys like Austin Cauley or Jacob (laughs) Tammy, or, I mean, it was just like, just like total nobodies off the scrap heap, whatever. And I, I thought then I'm like, Holy hell that like, a great quarterback makes household names. I mean, some of the guys that Tom Brady was throwing to you that became household names. They were just scrap James White, and I mean, some of these guys were just scrap heap guys that became yeah, Julian
2: Edelman. I mean, who, who knows what Julian Edelman would have been outside of the, the New England system? Yeah,
0: correct. And and I'm thinking, look, this is no slight on Mahomes. Mahomes is every bit a quarterback in the vein of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. He's shattering their records. So I'm not trying to knock Mahomes. I'm saying, why isn't Mahomes making a household name out of, like, if some of these other guys can do that, Mahomes should be doing that too. But there's a disconnect somewhere in, because Manning trusted those guys. Those guys were there. I mean, those guys were in the right positions. They caught the ball. I mean, they weren't dropping the ball. They weren't, they were creating separation. So it's not Mahomes, but part, maybe part of it is, and it's, not coaching, but maybe part of it is, and it's not talent, but maybe some of it is, and I think it's all that together. But the narrative of a great quarterback raising his receivers is not happening this year in Kansas City, and I think that's what we're all seeing and going. This should be better than it is.
2: Yeah. All right, let's go to some uh, quick regrades. Wow, I can't speak. I've done all right, so this is much for you. radio today.
0: This is for you. Get off. Get off my. Get off my lawn. Look. I set up a few quick things, quick hits here. We're gonna regrade Brett Veach's big offseason moves, a handful of them here. And I just want you to tell me A, B, C, D, or F, how would you regrade the move after nine games? Okay. Yep. You good with this setup? Yep. Let me start with an easy one. Signing Drew Tranquil as a free agent.
2: A plus. I was it was an A plus then, it's an A plus now. Love it. Love it. Releasing Frank Clark. Uh, I'm gonna go with a B. I'm going with a B. Okay. And the reason being is because the Chiefs are so deep at edge, and if if FAU can't see the field, we got all those dogs there. How I got a dog in the house because my fiance just got home and opened the garage. Uh, there's so many dogs in the defensive line. They don't need Frank Clark. <laughs>
0: that was a good. That was a good uh, inclusion there. The obvious bark we all hear. Um, what about resigning Jarek McKennon? B minus. Okay.
2: It's a playoff push, but he's not going to be used in the season, which doesn't take a lot of help off of Isaiah Pacheco. They still have Clyde Edwards-Alaire here, which is fine. I like McKinnon a lot, but if you're not going to use him a ton in the regular season, they should have brought in another running back as well, in my opinion. So it's not all against him. It's not all his fault. But uh, if you don't trust Clyde and you don't trust McKinnon in the regular season, you need someone.
0: You do. You do. Um, what about the signing of Donovan Smith? S-
2: C plus B minus. I will go on the okay. B minus side. The reason being, it wasn't a large contract, right? So that makes it a little more palatable. He's not been very good this year. He's not been bad. He's been just just a guy. And for that contract, what's up, little dude? He likes that Donovan Smith sign in a lot. He's like, yo, I'm, let, me, let me add him. Let I, love him. I love that little howl. But um, he's been solid, The penalties are still an issue, but we knew they were going to be an issue. They have always been an issue, not just last year, right? They've always been an issue. Um, You know, Also, how much is playing next to Joe Tooney, helping him out as well? Because Joe Tooney uh, can make anyone better at left guard. So I'll probably say C plus, B minus.
0: Okay. Uh, Let's stay to the offensive line. What about Juwan Taylor, the the big mega ticket? Mm,
2: Start the year F. Uh, From the penalties on, um, I will go... I'll go see so far. It's still a lot of money, man. Like he's been really good in recent weeks. Don't get me wrong. Really good, but he hasn't been Lane yep. Johnson good. And he's getting paid like Lane Johnson. So for the, same, for the same reason why I'm like, I'll bump up Donovan Smith a little bit because of the contract. I got to bump down Jawan Taylor because of the contract. Right. Yeah. Um, and we're taking the whole thing in totality. I'm not saying it's not looking good for the future. Cause again, the penalties are starting to come back or starting to, um, go by the wayside and we're starting to see production increase as well. I got to see it more and he needs to be elite, right? You have to be Laramie Tunsell, but on the right side for that contract.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True. One more for you, Mike Edwards, safety signing to be third safety. What do you think of that?
2: Uh, B. I mean, it was a really cheap contract, right? It was really cheap. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's made some pretty big impacts. Yep. He's made some big impacts in games. Um, could Shamari Connor do some of the same things? Maybe, but if you trust the veteran and he's getting it done for that contract, why wouldn't you? Uh, that was a solid signing. You know, nothing spectacular, but it was a solid signing. I'll give that one a B. Yeah,
0: love it, love it. Um, look, we're gonna we're coming to the end of the show. Want to get to the must list, but want to ask you this: Who benefits? on the Chiefs the most from the bye week?
2: Mm. Maybe Travis Kelsey getting fully healthy, right? I think I think Kelsey looks like he's been a little worn down over the past couple of weeks just with some of the injuries, just worn down, right? You know, I don't want to rip on the guy and be like, yeah, go to the, the Rangers World Series game, you know, two days before your game and just looking, who knows, man? These guys are different. Who knows what they do when they're here? Right. For all we know, guys are out until 3 a.m. just getting hammered anyways. Like, <laughs> like this, this could be their normal, their normal Friday night. Like we don't know for sure. Uh, they're young dudes. Most of them. Uh, they have a lot of money. Obviously they're going to have fun. We, we know that. So I think Kelsey getting healthy, getting right, getting back. This is probably the biggest for him. Who do you think?
0: Um, I'm going to go to the linebackers. I, I, Willie Gay playing through a back problem is is like with Nick Bolton out, you need everyone else to be at full strength. Drew Tranquil had an in-game injury that limited him, and then he came right back. And then Willie Gay has been literally playing through like questionable status. So on the other side, as the schedule gets much tougher, I would like Willie Gay to be at full strength, Tranquil to be at full strength, Shanal full strength if you can't have Bolton.
2: Yeah, that's a good call.
3: Really good. call.
0: Well, folks, we've arrived at the must list. Um, Richard, you
3: want to get in here? What's up, guys? Long time no see. Get a great What's up, stash, brother? man. It's a great stash. You're rocking. Thank you. Thank you. I haven't cut it for any reason. So it remains immaculate.
0: <laughs> well, um, this is the must list the time of the show where we recommend something we've read, watched in taken in some way consumed. And we want to recommend it to you. Um, and uh, yeah, every, everyone here is looking real motivated. I'm not sure which one of you wants to go first.
3: I'll go first. Let's get hey, this Richard. out of the way. Yeah. Plus I, I'm, a, I'm still coming back from a cold here, so I can't speak too much, but uh I want to recommend uh, an album. Uh, very works well for you know the holidays for fall, I guess for for just cold weather and just hanging out on the porch and just looking out into the stars. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna recommend an indie uh, folk band called Hazel City. Uh, it's fronted by Clay Frankel, who was in such bands as Look at I have stuff to show. Uh, Twin Peaks. They've been active for like ten years in Chicago, classic rock band. He's also uh, kind of one of the two guys in Grape Tooth, which is like an 80s style dance hall band. Um, but he's got a new. Project and it's all indie folk music. Really sad, depressing stuff for uh winter. So yeah, indulge in in all that good stuff. Hazel City. Hazel City. The album that they released is called Old Friends. You can find it on Spotify and and then you can buy it on Bandcamp. So support right. support your local indie artists. Nice. I'll go I'll go next,
0: Trying take a <laughs>
2: I just wait. Just, like, I love how Richard goes, Yeah, it's an indie band. You might know him from these two other bands that clearly no one else has ever heard of. It's just it. Keep being you, Richard. It makes people me so know happy. Twin Peaks.
3: They're like a ten-year-old band, man. they're they've been out for a long time. I knew about them before I moved here, too. Like I just knew of Twin Peaks. I I did not. Did you, oh. Sterling? No, that's why. Yeah, I, I was befudding Grape tooth. Grape, grape tooth. tooth. Who doesn't know grape tooth? It's the it's the feeling you get when you drink too much wine. You, yeah, grape turn tooth, into dude. grapes. Yeah.
0: Dude, I'm gonna recommend. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna recommend a series uh blue a hey blackbird have you guys seen blackbird on apple tv
3: no i don't have apple tv but pitch oh, it, pitch it, pitch me apple tv
0: uh serial killer is uh it's about it's about a serial killer it's a true story of a guy who um had a prison sentence due to drug trafficking and this uh this serial killer was going to get out of prison from Springfield Missouri on a technicality he was going to win his appeal and his appeal was like a month away and the FBI and CIA recruit this guy or the um recruit this other drug guy who's in jail already to go undercover and get this guy to confess where the bodies are he has a month to do it and, and yeah it's a true story he ends up doing it it's like it's crazy it's crazy the acting's pretty cool it has like uh It's got like Greg Kinnear and um, I don't know, some other people I'd recognize, but I can't think of anything right now. Anyway, I love serial killer stuff for some reason. It's called Blackbird. Yeah. Do you guys like Zodiac? Do you ever see Zodiac by David Fincher?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's a creepy movie.
0: I love that kind of shit. So yeah, that's right up my alley. Anyway, it's like that. If you like like Zodiac, you'll like this or Mindhunters, like one of those kind of shows.
2: Uh, for me, I have two. First one's going to the dentist. Uh, get a bad rap, man. I went the other day, went yesterday morning. It feels really good. Like it's really relaxed. I almost fell asleep. Uh, take care of your teeth, folks. It's good for you. Um, they're, they're, they're really nice people. I, I don't know. I, I, it's been a while since I'd gone. So I went and, uh, it was nice. Almost fell asleep when they do like the little, uh, like the, the, I don't know. I almost fell asleep. It was nice. Very relaxing. Uh, second one is marvelous three. They're back. The band Marvelous 3. Richard, don't give me that face. You, come on. You know Marvelous 3. The album Hey. The singer, Butch Walker, uh, also very, very popular. Um, Butch Walker is also a very, very popular producer. Did a lot of stuff just with yeah. a ton of different bands. Um, he's a lot of times maybe like your favorite band's favorite, favorite musician or something like that. Like, like Butch Walker's awesome. So this was his band, in the late 90s, early two thousand, Very poppy. Uh, called Marvelous 3, and they just got back together doing a reunion tour, playing like two shows in Atlanta, and I think maybe a couple in Chicago, actually, Richard, if you want to check them out. So Marvelous 3 and Butch Walker, they're back.
0: I saw Butch open up for Ryan Adams in Seattle like a few years ago. Did you? Um, But I had no idea that Marvelous 3 was back together.
2: Yeah, so I saw Butch Walker open up for Avril Lavigne. Think of that one. Think of trying to tell friends in high school that you're going to go see Avril Lavigne be like, no, no, it's for the opener. I want to go see Butch Walker. But now me, I'm like, I'm not going to lie. Skater Boy is still a, still a bop. That's a banger. That's a, still goes hard, yeah. So
0: A banger. Is that what the kids still say? I, I think the eat- kids say that, yeah. I wanted to use that word to sound younger than I am. I hope that's all right.
2: Well, hey, kids, who's listening, all of you young folk, make sure you bang the like button. Make sure you subscribe to the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel and make sure you give us a five star review. Give us a five star. And if you hate us, still give us five stars. But tell us what we did wrong. Uh, That way we can we can work on it. We're all we're all people who want to work on ourselves. That's what we do here. So we're not mid. We're not mid. There you go, you, you youngster. So for Richard, for Matt Connor, I am Sterling Holmes. Thank you guys so much. Until tomorrow, we are out.